It is Tuesday, March 7th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The quarterback market is officially moving. And conference tournaments, the big ones at least, get underway tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Derek Carr has a new team. Geno Smith does not. And conference tournaments, the major conference tournaments, the multi-bid leagues, will officially get underway tonight. That's going to be the Vegas Actually, today, season. I guess we should say, because yeah. the ACC starts early. Oh, so. there's going to be – listen, this is the best time for college hoops because we got games all Oh, yeah. Yeah, day. we're about and, to get busy. And it's like good games. It's this, These aren't the mid-majors. These are the big boys. And we'll get to the quarterback stuff coming up a little bit later on, but we have Mr. Steve Fezzik here with us to talk some college hoops. What's up, Fez? College hoops? We need you guys to talk college hoops. I'll do the best <laughs> I can, yes. Well, let me ask you something that's right in your wheelhouse, and that is a betting philosophy question. Because no one better than you when it comes to the actual execution of the bets. So I am sitting on a Gonzaga to win the West Coast Conference tournament ticket. Purchased that at plus 140. uh, Plus 140. Excuse me. Minus 140. Gonzaga against St. Mary's. You know, I gave this out on the DreamPod minus 120 on Wednesday. Yes, I know. You were sitting here when I did. Yes, I know. Okay. All right. Just making sure you knew. You, you, listen, you're not the only one that moves. <laughs> Fezzik isn't the only one that moves lines, AJ. Right, you I, gave something out, and the lines moved. Right, okay? but you were sitting here when I said it live, and then it like got sent to our production. and well, got, I had to go to the ATM. Okay, all right, all right, things, all right. You know, I tried to get it on the way home. Anyway, Gonzaga-St. Mary's tonight. Is there an opportunity for me, Fez, to, I don't, I don't want to say bet off of my Gonzaga future, but can I just take St. Mary's with the points and look for a middle tonight? Try to hit them both? Here's what I would do. I don't like playing back unless you feel there's value playing back, which there could well be. I don't. Right? I think Gonzaga wins this game handedly tonight. Then, then don't play back unless you bet, you so overbet your bankroll that you you would have a reason to, to play back. You're minus 140. Let's talk about your minus 140. I know it's minus 140. Just pretend. Bear with me here. It's. I believe if if I plug this into my calculator in terms of equivalency, it's about that's about like laying minus two and a half, minus 115. All right. Okay. I know you laid minus one forty, but just mm-hmm, pretend you laid mm-hmm. two and a half minus fifteen. Sure. So let's assume that you're you're staring at, and we'll wait for the number to like like finally solidify here. You know, later in the morning. But let's assume St. Mary's, you can catch a plus four. All right. Then you say to yourself, well, I can lay two and a half minus fifteen, and take a plus four. That's a profitable middle. But you know what? Now you should have you 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 should have a profitable middle, and here's why: you got a win already out of Gonzaga, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was you can say it was given. Um, but if it was given, you could have, you, you certainly could have bet Gonzaga. I know I did and laid 10 to make a dollar. <laughs> so if it was just given that we, that, that Gonzaga was going to win, why not pick up your 10% ROI with, with, with eight hours of work? Good work. If you can, if you can get it in the, by the way, Gonzaga, um, San Francisco, I looked at San Francisco, 26 straight wins against San Francisco. Yeah. Not, uh, not a competitive matchup. Four, four teams. losses of the last 49 uh, two overtime losses in San Francisco, a one-point loss in San Francisco, a three-point loss in San Francisco. 
So what those numbers are saying is that San Francisco is never good enough to beat Gonzaga unless the game is in San Francisco. Yes, basically. Mm-hmm. So yes, we could have. I could have risked ten to ten. You know, to get back my one on Gonzaga money line against San Francisco. I did not do that. Instead, mm-hmm. I did Gonzaga minus 140 to win the WCC, which meant they had to win last night and have to win tonight. So you're in a good position, and, you know, you can just watch the finals. Well, and, we'll be there. And, we'll and, be in attendance. And you can live wager as the game's going on. And, you know, it, I would strongly encourage you to try, if you're in attendance, to – Take advantage of a place that is, if you've got an account that is dealing live throughout the game, not just during the timeouts, because you're not on a 45-second delay. Nope. I believe you'll be on a zero-second delay. Yes, as soon as delay. that whistle is blown as and play as, is stopped. As soon as that three-pointer goes through the net, you are going to know faster than anybody else in the country. So if you can catch a slow-moving book, you um you really should have your laptop and and – Far be it for me to tell you exactly how to do this. But, like, oh, they made a three-pointer. Let me see here. Let me load up the bet on St. Mary's and try to submit it. No, bullshit. You, 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 what you do is you just you already have a max bet loaded up. And you, you, you hit submit, and now it says confirm. So you've got to have your little button, you know, your finger on the button. And the second that St. Mary's hits a three and wait for a three, then confirm. And you do this again and again and again. I mean, you're going to have no fun whatsoever. You're working during this game trying to pass post and eventually you get kicked out of accounts doing just this sort of thing. <laughs> but you can see like, this is the way to get, you know, you don't like, Oh, let me react to this information. So let's say so, like, like so, AJ's got the other side loaded up, you know? Yeah. So let's just so, back and forth. So I got, I got, got the phone up. Right. And it's a 10 point game. Okay. The book says St. Mary's plus eight and a half. Okay. I watched St. Mary's now hit a three. They're now down seven. I, I'm pressing submit on the plus eight and a half. You're, every time a team has a ball, yeah. Gonzaga or St. Mary's, you're literally pressing, you know, max bet. You're waiting to hit the confirm button. The second that a team, you don't even do it for a two-point bucket because it's only worth one point. They're supposed to score one per possession. Mm-hmm. So they get two points. That's worth the point. That's probably profitable. But now you want that three. So the second you know the three is going through, boom, you see it. You hit, you, you hit confirm. <laughs> and now you're getting two points the better on the next line that's going to come up. And you do that all game long until they kick you out and never let you bet again. <laughs> well, that's going to make there's, for a real fun experience. There's people who have, who do this, like they call them courtsiders at tennis. That's all they do is that they, they bet after they, they obviously like who's going to win a game is even better, but you know, just getting one point is so critically important. Mm. Well, that's what's going on uh, tonight at the Orleans arena here in town. You have the West coast finals between Gonzaga and St. Mary's and AJ and I ruined your experience. Well, AJ and I are both on Gonzaga to win this game because we have the future bets in. So we're going to be rooting for Gonzaga tonight, but maybe we'll be sitting there pressing submit, 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 trying to get the uh, plus points on St. Mary's, whatever that live line turns out to be. I'll just be texting Fez or Gonzaga. It's fine to play Gonzaga. Also, if anybody hits a three, play the over. Yep. Just load up the over every time a three-pointer gets hit, <laughs> bet it. You know, you're getting two points the better of it. Uh, what's your philosophy, though, overall on betting these futures when oh, it comes to the Oh, you already know the answer to that question. Yeah, going to say it's a bad It's a bet. dumbo bet. Ohio, uh, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, all these states are just opening up legalization. They're holding, like, 10%. And you know why? Because they cater to people betting same-game parlays and to bet long shots. The needle in the haystack bets – where if you did a mechanical parlay, 
let me use the favorites. If you, if you played a mechanical parlay, I'm going to talk about the big dance on a team like Kansas. I'm not so sure you're going to do any better than just betting them 10 to 1. Okay. It's right. going to be somewhat close or comparable. But if you take a team, like an undervalued team that you feel can make a nice run, like a TCU, like a um, who's playing well that you'd say would be undervalued at AJ and the. That's going to be like a five seed. Uh, Creighton. Creighton. Like Creighton's a great example. If you if you wield Creighton six times, you're going to make over a hundred to one. You're you're literally going to make a hundred to one, and people say that's impossible. All it takes is for them to have a couple games against you know as a substantial underdog in the final four. And now I use that one third. So let's say they, let's say they make they, they make the Sweet Sixteen, and all of a sudden they're a five point dog in their last four games. One becomes three. Three becomes nine, nine becomes twenty-seven, and twenty-seven becomes eighty-one dollars. So eighty to one, and that and that's after making the Sweet Sixteen. There was a Michigan State team that was a two seed once. What if they they did have to play that juggernaut Florida team with um, with Joking Noah, Noah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 the tennis player, right? Um, <laughs> that um, they uh, would have paid a hundred and forty to one as a two seed, and and basically what it was is you know that they. They had a bad path, you know, where they had to play like good one seeds along mm-hmm, along mm-hmm. the way. That's rare. A two seed would pay over a hundred to one, but if the fact that a two seed could actually pay that shows what a six seed would wind up. Paying. I will say there are there are instances, and sometimes it just takes one thing to make this happen. But last year, and North Carolina ended up being the runner up in the national championship, so this it didn't good, matter. This is a good example. It didn't yeah. matter because they ended up losing. But when you projected out their path along the way, you're like, okay, they're going to be an underdog here, here, and here. What really threw off the entire math for the the people who were like, money line rollover, don't bet a future on North Carolina, was North Carolina in their path. St. No Peters. one said St. Peter's was yeah. going to see them in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I and didn't know it was going to be like a WrestleMania 4 where, or eight, where, where Andre the Giant and um, – and Hulk Hogan would eliminate each other so that they'd get a bye. Exactly. In, in, into, into the finals of the region. That seems like a little unfair, right? So sometimes you can get shorted on a money, money line rollover mm-hmm. if there's a massive upset or two a, along their path. Yeah, so yeah. let's just say, for example, we'll look at the latest uh, Lenardi bracketology, right? And we'll take, AJ, your example was Creighton. Creighton right now is 35-1. to 1. To win the NCAA tournament. God, is that putrid. That is horrendous. I'll give you guys 50 right now. Lenardi's got them as a six seed in the East region, which would be Madison Square Garden uh, if they keep projecting forward. Houston's the one seed. Baylor's the two seed. What if Baylor is upset by Iowa in the second round? All right, now it's Creighton, Iowa in the Sweet 16. What if Houston gets upset by... I don't know, UConn. Doesn't matter. Now it's Creighton, UConn. Who cares? In, in, so it's in, in, in Elite Eight. So it's so so it's assumed that, that that the sun stops spinning and by some miracle, Creighton gets five straight pick'em games, which won't be accurate by any way, shape, or form. Then their chance of winning, given they make the the the, the final thirty-two, very likely, is thirty-two to one if they play five straight pick'em games. And no one thinks that that's going to be the case. They're not going to – I mean, yes, they could run into a St. Peter's and be an eight-point favorite, I I guess. You know, it could happen. But that's like as as optimistic as it could be right. is 32-1. to one. Plus, they got to win the first round. And guess what? Last time I checked, six lead seeds lose all the time to 11 seeds. So you can see that it – you know, even by that wildly optimistic assumption that they should be like 45-1. to one. Do we take a team like Houston that is right now – the favorite to win the whole thing and give them the advantage because the final four is in Houston. 
Sure. Uh, yeah, I think they certainly have an edge, yeah. given that. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be worth a point and a half yeah. in, in, in both the final four. I mean, I know it's, it's a neutral court and obviously the sight yeah. lines and everything when you're dealing with the football yeah. stadium and whatnot. But in terms of travel, in terms of fan base, in terms of just overall atmosphere and comfort. Sure. It's it's two home games. You know, an NRG stadium. So, um, and I don't know if they've ever played there before. So you have to look up Houston's history of yeah. playing in in you know maybe they have uh, played there before or played in other types of big arenas so. like that. But that would be something that I, I would certainly look at. All right, so Fez, you're out on the futures when it comes to any of the conference tournaments. I, I'm I'm so out of the futures. I don't have a gaming license, so I'm not allowed to do this. But if you're about <laughs> to, if you're you, you, I don't care where you're shopping around, even at the Donk Books. Uh, can, I get, can I? I want I, I want Creighton at three to one to win the Big East. Will you give me five to one? I'll give I'll, I'll give you ten percent better than anything that you're going to bet. So whatever whatever you're about to buy, you can shop everywhere. I don't care if it's like flybynight.com or or you know you know we steal your As long as it's a legitimate book, show me a screenshot of something you could have bet, and I'll give you ten percent better. Not that I'm, Fez, I'm, I'm not a bookmaker. Does Fez book offer parlays because I'll take Creighton to win the Big East, Duke to win the ACC. Fez, 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 Fez.com certainly takes parlays. Just. Again, I don't have a gaming license, so this is just between you and I, but I will give you a 10% increase in your payout on anything, and believe me, you will lose. You <laughs> well, will, I assure you, you will lose. And, and, and not to be completely anti-futures, like my buddy Brad Feinberg is a great better, all right? And all the time he's, he, you know, he texts me. I always like, oh, I've got the Eagles at 22 to 1, you know, et cetera. He gets great, and I know you had that too, Scott. There are good futures bets to be made, and – but they're made early in the year yeah. before everyone knows who's good. And so if you identified and you got behind like Gonzaga back when they started to play much better and you got them at 50 to one, of course, that's a good bet. Well, what's Gonzaga now? 25 to one. Uh, the Zags right now are at 20 to one. They're horrendous. I mean, it was a world like, like literally I, I manage syndicates and people like, Oh, I've been following college basketball like crazy. The Zags are playing much better. I bet them 21. It's like, you're fired. You have no, <laughs> well, idea. You have also, no idea what you're doing. Also on last week's podcast, we gave out Gonzaga 25 to one. You're fired. Like, it's, it's not good enough. It's like well, it's, 20, 28 to one is the highest it's been the entire season. But if I roll them over four, you know, six straight times, I'm going to make more. Almost. I don't sure. know that that's true. Right, I don't then, know that that's true. I think I some... will lay three to one that you'll make more. When it comes to is the act, no, it's not a bet. But I mean, it's it's. It, you know what? Here's the other thing, Fez. It's a lot more work your way. That now, now this is a good point. If like, you, don't you have other bet, bets to make, like single day bets? You're, like, it's a great point. If you're betting twenty dollars a game, mm-hmm. just put it in and enjoy it and the like. But if you're betting serious money, you're betting like a thousand or five hundred. Then all of a sudden, you gotta, I think, be much more just because literally the second you make a five hundred dollar futures bet, I'm not kidding, you're losing two hundred and fifty dollars. You owe it to your family. You owe you you owe it to your financial security. Don't donk off all your money making stupid big bets on college basketball futures. If you're betting ten dollars, have fun. Absolutely. Okay. Well, right? for for the purposes of this discussion that we're about to have. We'll spend a couple minutes on each one of these conferences. Fez, understand that we accept what you're saying, that but let's let's also pretend the listener is making a twenty dollar bet, and they want to make a twenty dollar bet on each conference, and then they're gonna their major wagers will be made on game by game basis. And you can profit from this. Just take who you get, who these experts are telling you, AJ and Scott, and and look to back them selectively and and in. in Individual games. You don't have to play them in each individual game, but you can play them in some select ones because probably these are going to be buy on teams. Let's go. 
All right, let's get into these. I'm I'm curious what Fez's thoughts are on some of these uh, these teams at the tops of these conferences. Okay, so we'll start with the ACC, which will be in Greensboro, North Carolina, Uh, and that is Duke having the favorites here at plus two ninety. Virginia is your second favorite at three to one. Miami plus three forty is next, and then North Carolina plus six fifty. And looking at the bracket, the uh, four buys into the quarterfinals, Miami is your one seed. Then you have Virginia as your two, Clemson as your three, and Duke as your four seed. Yeah, this is interesting because Duke is suddenly starting to look like a, a team that, you know, kind of people thought they would be at the beginning of the season. This didn't feel like a team uh, even a month ago that we'd be taking very seriously. And now all of a sudden Duke is playing ball like they mean it, and they're they're suddenly pretty scary. Does that mean they should be, you know, favorites to win the ACC tournament? I don't know that I'm there yet, uh, but I what I would have said a couple weeks ago is fade Duke, fake North Carol, fade North mm-hmm. Carolina because those two teams are going. People are going to be betting on them, and they don't have any chance mm-hmm. of winning it. That's changed. I do see North Carolina as the fourth favorite here is a giant waste of money. North Carolina is not good. North Carolina is not going to get good. Don't they have one? Do they have one quad quad one win? One for now. And now if, gonna, if Virginia gonna... loses early in this tournament, that quad one win goes away. And uh, and they need they're going to need to win three quad one game wins to win this tournament. At least yeah. two, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's I I'm saying if you again if you've got ten dollars, you want to light on fire. Hey, go go ahead and do it. North Carolina plus six fifty. I think North Carolina is a pure fade team. So let me tell, let me just say this: there have been twenty seven ACC title games uh, played in Greensboro. Uh, Duke has won nine of them. North Carolina has won eight of them. Uh, Duke has won twenty one ACC tournament championships. That's the most. And either Duke or North Carolina has played in twenty three of the twenty seven. ACC championship games when the tournament is held in Greensboro. Well, they had like Bobby Hurley, all these good yeah. players, right? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying Duke is a rightful favorite in my opinion. So here, here's the way I'm approaching this tournament if I'm looking to to bet a future here. I, uh, I do not want to, like I said, I want to fade North Carolina. I want to avoid the top half of the bracket, which is the Duke Miami side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. I think those two teams are both very good. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't, you know, fault anyone for liking either one. The problem is those two teams have to play each other. A team that I think you're going to get some value on is NC State here. NC State, who is a team who can shoot. Uh, they've got guards, and anytime you've got good guard play in in these Julius tournament Hodge settings. Still there? No, uh, but Terquavion Smith is there. Uh, Jarkel Joyner's there. Uh, and they've got a big man in DJ Burns who can match up pretty well also. Uh, they they lost their last two games of the season, so I think that you're, you're kind of buying low on them. And the, the idea that you can get them at 12-1, to and they're on the, the, the side of the bracket where if things go chalk, they'll get the Virginia Tech-Notre Dame winner, which Notre Dame is, is terrible. It's probably going to be Virginia Tech. Uh, what's, and, their, what's their seed number? North Carolina State's a six seed, so they've uh, got to, they've got to win four games. They have to, yeah. They they get the first round by, then they then they would have to play Clemson, uh, and then they'd have to play presumably Virginia, the Virginia North Carolina winner, and then they play the championship game. So only three games. Three games, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, no, they have to play 
Well, they have to play a fourth game. They have to play that. Uh, the, the fourth game is the championship. Yeah. They have to play three games to get into the you, championship. You play a team that that, uh, that had a play-in game, so the Virginia Tech-Notre Dame winner. Mm-hmm. Then you'd play Clemson, and then you'd play the winner of North Carolina-Virginia, and then you'd play the winner of the top half of the bracket. So where I'm going is just you know quick back of the envelope. Assume whatever they're favored in, in the um, – what would that be? The not the quarterfinals. What do they call this the, in, in the field of sixteen? Uh, the second round. In the second round, they'll be. I'll assume that they're favored by five, and I'm assuming yeah, in the fair. finals there will be a five point dog. Okay? I think that's fair. And then they're going to be a slight dog in the next in the middle rounds against uh, against the Dukes or. The, I think they might they might even be favored against Clemson, who's the three seed. But it's going to be close on both of those. Call, call and pick up. I'm, okay. fe- I'm feeling I'm feeling friendly tonight. Okay, so so here's where I'm going. So now I've got one half times one half times one half times one half with these simplifying assumptions. That's a one sixteenth chance, and those are somewhat favorable, yep. optimistic assumptions. That's why we were going to just roll this sucker over and bet the mechanical parlay. Okay, and probably you'll pay eighteen. Now, who do you think wins the tournament, though? I, I, you know what? I, I don't pay any, pay any attention to it because it's not like the, it, 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 it's. I'm looking, I'm looking at the wrong things to try to make my. I'm not going to give my clients any any of these bets because if I if I'm smart enough to be able to find plus EVs on conference tourney futures, then I should be a billionaire because it's just so hard to find any value. I know it's great content and it's enjoyable. And I'm glad we're talking about it. And I, I like what you're saying here. NC State's a buy on team. Let's just bet them in selective games. Right on. Makes sense. Play them on the games here. Uh, the Big East. UConn is your favorite at plus 200. Marquette plus 300. Creighton plus 300. Xavier plus 550. By the way, UConn, the four seed, is your favorite to win this tournament. Yes. And, and here's and why. They, and they actually have a an opponent in the quarterfinals, which is going to be Providence, whereas the top three seeds are waiting on... I guess first round winners to determine their opponents. Yeah, Correct. So, Remember, was Creighton? I'm sorry, was Creighton just laying seven to Marquette recently? Is, am I getting my games right? Mm, they were not they laying lost, seven to who, Marquette. Who, who, was it um, Creighton lost outright to Marquette right at home? Yes. And I thought it was seven. Yeah. I don't think it was seven. Um, that was the. Uh, you know what? It might have been. You might. It was close to that. Because I remember th- Creighton lost by two to Marquette, and they were six and a half point favorites. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I know home field's worth a zillion, you know, in in, in, in college basketball, but it's not worth six and a half. So where where I'm going, it's sure. interesting that these these odds are the same on these teams, and yet Creighton was you know the, the marketplace, and they did lose. So we got to ch- adjust the power ring slightly. Well, Marquette is a team that the analytics have been slow to come around on. Uh, the, the the sharps aren't in love with Marquette. Sharps are absolutely in love with this Connecticut team. Mm. UConn's fourth in Ken Palm. Also, it's like it's UConn at Madison Square Garden. Which is basically, like, everybody it's, talks about St. John's. They take no, no, really UConn no. fans yeah, are who's it's, at, at Madison Square Garden. It's a huge advantage for UConn. And another uh, another advantage, what you just mentioned, is they, they play Providence in the first round, and Providence has looked like their season's over the last few mm. games. I mean, they, they did beat Georgetown. Uh, but that's like other than that, they lost three of their last four and weren't particularly competitive in any of them. So UConn lined up right now to play Marquette in the semifinals. Should Marquette defeat the winner of Butler and St. John's? Yeah. Um, the last time these two teams played, UConn won 87-72 at home. UConn was a five and a half point favorite. Is that a similar line that what we're going to see at the Garden? I think you'll see. I think you'll see an even bigger line, maybe. Uh, well, no, that game was at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't be quite that big. Four. 
I, I think it'd probably be about four. Yeah, UConn's beloved, man. And uh, if you filter by Bart Torvik, like if you filter the last month, you could do that on, on Bart Torvik's website and see how teams have played over the last month. In the last month, UConn's the best team in the country. So UConn was, was great to start the year, slumped, and now they're great yes. again. And, you know, it's interesting. But let me ask you, Marquette seems like the type of team they win the regular season title. So that's a team I want to fade, that they've already got a title in their belts, and it's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do our best we can but not be as motivated as the other teams. You know, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, Marquette's already exceeded every expectation. This team was mm-hmm. – fin- they were picked to finish ninth in the conference. Like, they were an afterthought in the Big East. So the fact that they won it is huge. But remember, Shaka Smart's a guy who took a he took a team a long way in the NCAA tournament that mm-hmm. no one thought could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. He he is pedigreed to do this, and he's got a good squad here. So I, I think Marquette is I think they're gonna fight in this thing. Let's talk about the Big Ten Fez. You know this conference well. Purdue is your favorite at they plus one forty five. Indiana plus five fifty. They're horrible. Michigan State plus six hundred. No athletes. Maryland plus six fifty. Your Northwestern Wildcats plus eight fifty. Yeah, so Northwestern with the number two seed, and you know we talk. This all is the time. this is a gross bracket, but I agree with Fez on this. Don't bet a future on the Big Ten champion. Oh, I want to bet against every one of these teams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I want to bet the prop. How many games will the Big Ten win? You know, the more I watch, um, you know, even Jackson Davis doesn't look as good as he as he looked a month ago. It looks like he's wearing down for Indiana. Uh, Purdue has no guard play, and they're and they're they're crumb bumps stumbling to the finish line. Um, there's no one who's any good in the Big Ten. That's why Northwestern's the number two seed because Northwestern's never any good. So when Northwestern is good, that means they're only good because the conference is down. If I, I I'm again, I hate the way this tournament is set up I don't like any of these teams I hate that all these teams are terrible once they leave their own buildings like I look at Maryland and I look at their path and I'm like oh I could see Maryland making some noise and then I remember Maryland's won one game in Big Ten play that wasn't played at Maryland where's where's this venue uh this yeah in Chicago yeah it's so it's it's good for Purdue and Indiana it's bad for good for Illinois good for Northwestern Eh, yeah. Relatively good. Like Northwestern's the anomaly in this league, in a league where home court matters more than anything. Northwestern, who probably has the shittiest home court of any team in the Big Ten, they're the teams that can win on the road. Like because home court doesn't matter to them. You know, I don't. I agree with you. Directionally, Northwestern is a bad home court, but I, I think that or, changed this year. But relative to Big Ten teams, yeah, their building isn't going to be like what it is. Like even Wisconsin, who's bad this year, mm-hmm. is still going to have a bigger home court edge than Northwestern does. Sure. Sure. Uh, but I think it's worked out for Northwestern in a year where it's been so crucial that but they just the fact they get this. I, I don't even know if they're going to stay in a hotel. You know, I'm sure they will. You know, downtown. But you know, they they're not exactly going to be distracted going into Chicago. Yes. As far as the value goes here, the team I'm going to look at is going to be Penn State against Illinois. Twenty five to one. Twenty five to one, and Penn State has played Illinois and dominated them. They had no answer. For Illinois in either game, Illinois has uh, sort of a, a, a guy in Jalen Pickett who is one of the ten best players in the country, and those guys who can take over these conference tournaments can be a one-man show. Those are the guys who I think are most dangerous. Um, I think so. I think they've got a, a nice first-round matchup against Illinois that I know that I think they're going to win. Then they get Northwestern, who I think is I, I, Northwestern's a good story. Don't get me wrong. But they're not the second best team in the Big Ten. They're just seated second. Uh, and then they get a, an Indiana or Maryland 
who Fez just said, Indiana, I agree, is, is falling off. Uh, and then they're in the finals. And now you're at a it's sort of a free roll. I'd hate to see Purdue against Penn State in the final, but you know, you can't you can't beg at 25 to 1. It feels like Penn State, if you're looking for a long shot, if you're looking to put 20 bucks on a long shot horse, there's way worse horses in this field than Penn State. You know, I'll give you 30 to 1. I'm vetoing this completely. Okay. They, 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 Illinois, there's so many Illinois people in Chicago. This is like a hidden home field advantage. It's going to be it's going to be worth a, at least a point, if not a point and a half, for all the crazy orange and that'd be rooting for Illinois. And Chicago will root for Northwestern in that game. It's terrible because Penn State already went to Illinois and beat them by 20. Even worse. Like, <laughs> and, didn't, and didn't Penn State just beat Northwestern also? It's like, I, I hate the path. I hate the revenge path. I hate the fact that they're going to have the crowd turn against them. They're um, like I said. Let me know if you if you want to back it up. I'll, I'll give you thirty to one. Well, are you going to give all of our listeners thirty to one? That's the sure. Thing. Just <laughs> this is the other thing. Penn State, unlike Illinois, unlike Northwestern, is not firmly into the field of sixty-eight yet. So I expect them to be playing with a little different level of motivation. You know, that's a, that is a really good point. That um, and I think we you know Northwestern just had a zillion. Uh, for motivation because they needed that game like blood against Maryland to get the two seed, to, you know, cement their bid and the like. And so they got that. So now they're playing fast and loose and the game really doesn't matter. And they're in the tournament. They're going to get a decent seed and the like. Um, and the fact that Penn State needs the game so bad, you know, that that's a team I do want to bet on. Maybe the most interesting game, at least of the, the early rounds, is Michigan and Rutgers. Rutgers who lost the games that you're just not allowed to lose at the end of the season like you killed by northwestern killed dominated by northwestern and then they lost or before that they lost to minnesota and those two losses really put them oh they're the one that lost i yeah, was wondering they're... i just saw minnesota won a game yeah so. they rutgers uh that i thought it must have been nebraska no rutgers lost to minnesota Oof. and michigan had those two big chances at the end of the year at indiana at Illinois, lose both of them in overtime. Mm-hmm. You don't get quad one losses, quad one close losses, quad one covers. It's not like hockey, you don't get credit no, for an overtime No, you get loss. no credit for they an overtime loss. They played really well against Indiana. They did. So Michigan and Rutgers. Rutgers, uh, I think Lenardi had them. Lenardi has Rutgers as the last four in right now, so they'd be the 11th seed playing game. And Michigan is not even in the first four out. They're in the next four out. So they got to win two games. So, but think about, So think about it. The, the winner of that game. The loser of this game is eliminated, yeah. probably. Yeah. So if, if Michigan beats Rutgers, Rutgers probably moves from last four in to, to first, first four, four out. Yep. And Michigan, while it, it's probably not enough to move them into the tournament, a win over Rutgers, what it does is it lines them Gives up them with Purdue. Yeah. And if you beat Purdue, now suddenly, whatever happens the rest of the tournament, you beat Purdue, now your resume looks a lot more mm-hmm. tournament-worthy if you're Michigan. Yeah, remember, if you're, if you're the last four in, even, there's always going to be a couple of um, – Teams a one-bid league that's yeah. – yeah. Mm-hmm. But, or, or a three-bid league where the team that's um, some crumb bum, you know, as, as, as a seven seed, you know, wins the Pac-12, you know? That's that's the situation, yes. Like a team – yes, a team – the fourth team in the Pac-12 wins. And let's go to the Pac-12 tournament now where UCLA is your favorite at plus 110, Arizona plus 210, USC 8-1, to one, Oregon – 12 to 1 those are your top 4 seeds and yes if uh, a team like Oregon was to go on and win the Pac-12 tournament it would then make this a four team a four team bid league and it would certainly knock out one of those last four teams in 
Yeah, UCLA, Arizona, USC, all firmly in the field. Yes. Uh, and as far as the the prices go on these, Arizona is plus 210 kind of mm-hmm. consensus right now. I don't want anything to do with Arizona. These conference tournaments so often become half-court basketball, and Arizona can't play half-court basketball. Mm. Arizona has to run. They've got to be in transition. Teams tend to protect the ball more in, in these games, uh, so I don't like Arizona. But I, Arizona does travel really, really well. Particularly to here to Vegas. Yes. Like If you go to the Pac-12 tournament – there is always a yep. huge contingency of Arizona More than UCLA. and UCLA. is good, and Arizona's great. Those are by far the top two, I Arizona, agree. UCLA. And then three USC fans. Nobody from it. USC comes. Nobody. There, there's more Oregon. I guess Oregon is kind of a national brand, so like in whatever. So they, they mm-hmm. always – and Utah has a fairly good showing here. But, I mean, it, it is – a lot of blue and gold, and a, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of Arizona red. So uh, I don't know that. I, I mean, UCLA is still fighting for a one seed in the that's, tournament. That's it the matters to, to them. That's the thing to me. I think right now UCLA in the latest uh, Lenardi uh, bracketology, he's got them as a wow. You know what? He, he oh he has them as the one seed, the one seed. In he's the got West. them bumped up ahead of Purdue now. Think about this. And he, that means that in, he has them as the AQ. So he has them as winning the Pac-12 tournament. Think about what that means for UCLA. Winning the Pac-12 tournament here in Vegas, right, where they have a huge fan base. Yep. And then being the one seed in the West region with a chance to play your Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games back here in Vegas? That is a golden scenario aren't they going to get that even with UCLA. The, aren't they going to get that even if they're the two seed? They'll still be the top two seed. They, right? they likely would be, yeah. And they'd keep do you think, them out west. Do you think they would they would be the top two seed? Or I mean, I mean uh, unless they Arizona, there's no one else that can take. They them. would have to take a bad well, loss in lose, this tournament. If like, they lose the conference tournament, like they'd, they'd have to lose to Washington or Colorado. But, but if they lose, if Arizona wins the Pac-12 tournament and UCLA doesn't, UCLA is not a one seed, and Arizona is probably a higher ranked two seed than them. I, don't I, I disagree I, with I, that. No, really? Not I with dis- UCLA yeah, just beating, having beat okay. Arizona. Yeah, I, I think the gap between UCLA and Arizona right now is pretty great. Because they won the conference by minds. two games, right? Yeah, they yeah. handily won the conference. Uh, my problem with UCLA is this. They've won 10 straight games. At some point, there's going to be a letdown. Like, you can keep saying, we're going to prove everyone that we mm-hmm. should be a one seed. At some point, you've got to let off the gas. You can't. It'd be smart to let off the gas, and if Purdue gets the one seed and they get sent out west, and and UCLA's the two seed out west, who cares? Yeah, right. I I don't disagree. Still, it's going to work out the same. I don't disagree with that. I think UCLA is certainly the team to beat here. Uh, That said, would the math work out on a money line rollover on UCLA for three games? I think you'd have to get better than plus one ten. Well, I'm saying, would it work out to better than plus one ten? Oh God, yes. You're, you, I mean, against if they if they face Arizona, they're going to be it'd be Washington, Oregon, they're be and Arizona. Three, they're going to be what three minus three and a half against Arizona. Yeah, maybe somewhere yeah, that's, that's probably a, about right. So I they're going to be heavily favored over Washington. Yep. Right. Yep. So I don't know. What is that minus five hundred? Something like that. So let's do the math. So let's do I, the math. Let's call so it minus five hundred. Call it a th- minus one thousand. Minus one thousand. So so I, I start you know with a hundred. This is actually e- this is actually very easy to figure out. So now it's one hundred ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. When they played Washington at home, they were minus seventeen and a half. Yep. Yeah, so it. let's call it minus a thousand. Beautiful. Now I got eleven hundred working for me. Right, I got hundred. Now I got hundred ten. Who they played in the second round? So now in the second Oregon. round they play Oregon. When they played Oregon at. Oh, they only played them one. Oh, they played Oregon at home this year. They were a ten-point favorite. So let's bump the one ten up to one uh, at home. So bump it to one forty-five. Okay, so like minus three twenty-five. Okay, type of 
ballpark. You and then, with that? And so, then Arizona. And then right? final against Arizona, they were five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Okay, so we're going to minus 145 um, in this game. So we're going to win 100, so we get 245. So it looks like mechanical parlay pays plus 145, back of the envelope. That's risk. You're starting with $100. You're going to yep. plus yeah. 145. Yeah, because we go, we go 100. Yep. They win the first game. We got, now we got 110. Yep. We, we cash the ticket. We bet the 110. Mm-hmm. We beat Oregon. Now we got 145. We bet 145. Five to win 100. Now mm-hmm. we got 245. Start with 100. Boom, plus 145. That's better than your plus 110. Yes. Now, obviously, if Arizona gets upset, that 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 upsets the whole Apple Sure, then UCLA, because then let's say UCLA against, uh, I don't know, Utah or somebody else. Now my 145, instead of winning 100, I only win 50. So yeah. It becomes two, so, so now it becomes 195, and now I get less than even more. Mm-hmm. One team that I would look at as yep. far as like a long shot would be Washington State at eighteen to one. Uh, they've won six straight games to close the season. They're playing their best ball of the year. They already have a win over Arizona. They beat. Remember, they stomped Arizona at Arizona. Uh, they've got a win over USC. So they they they've proven they can play with these better teams. Eighteen to one, you may have a little bit of value on them. Although right. Fez will say no value. <laughs> you know, I I, I got to say too, like, like like that that whole term, like this, see, this is the industry. Everyone says this, so I'm not picking on you. All right. Yeah. A whole lot of value. No, no. Well, you're defining value incorrectly. You're no. defining value to be like, like Fez. Here's where you're wrong. If I say these are the numbers that are available in the pool, is there value? Like, there's got to be value on one of these teams relative to the others. Now you can say there's yes. not value in the grand scheme versus a, a rollover. But if I say these are your choices, pick a team to win, and, and who's gonna, who provides the best value? I would say I need another term. Maybe we can do it with the thesaurus. Instead of calling it value, can we just say like like it, it, it's the least bad option? That, that's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm, but I don't know what the word would be. So maybe um, I'm, I'm, let me let me ponder. You know, get the old gun to my head, and I have to bet one of these. You know, they. I just hate use the, the term value. I, I I usually like to use value meaning plus expectation. All right, that's why. That's, that's fair. Yeah. So I'll, 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 maybe if we can't come up with one on this, well, on you this can pod, say value. Just don't say plus EV. Well, but value implies EV. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's like I go into the Kino room and they have a special. The V in value or the V in EV is <laughs> yeah. value. It's, like, it's, 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 they have a special in the Kino room, and instead of like the 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 eight spot paying. You know, I don't know what it pays like. You know, you know, six out of eight. But instead of paying thirty to one, it pays thirty-four to one. That's good value, but it should pay fifty to one. So, or whatever it is. Yes. Let's go to the SEC, where Alabama is your one seed. Well, it just means more. Also, we yes, should, we should make that clear. This tournament, uh, the bracket, as they call it, it's uh, in Nashville. Alabama is your favorite at plus one fifty. Tennessee plus three hundred. There's a little home court advantage there for Tennessee playing in Nashville. Not particularly. They got well, their, they got their point guard it's back more, from it's his more ACL. Of a home court advantage for Vanderbilt. But. It's, it, the home court <laughs> advantage in the SEC tournament is for Kentucky. Yeah. Well, that's uh, there's I'm, a there's a better home court for Kentucky than there is for Tennessee than there is for Vanderbilt, which is kind of embarrassing for those schools. So, so they already this. have this Kentucky team right now. So so Kentucky right now is plus 400 to win the SEC tournament. They are your third favorite. They are the three seed, and they will play the winner of. Vanderbilt versus the winner of Georgia LSU. So let's just call it Vanderbilt. So now we have Vanderbilt against Kentucky in Nashville, which is a home game for Vanderbilt. Except it's not. Except it probably won't be. (laughs) But do you think the line would be factoring that in at all? Kentucky, what, minus five and a half? I could be way wrong. Uh, I don't think you're way wrong, actually. So, I I mean, that's, that's probably pretty close. 
So if we look at Kentucky right now, and we want to see like where they were uh, when they played against Vanderbilt. So Kentucky against it might, Van- be, it might be seven eight. Like it's it's Kentucky at Vanderbilt this year. They were Kentucky was a five and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. So now we're saying that it's, it, it might be. You know, honestly, be it might. Same. You know what? Honestly, given given the well, remember Vanderbilt's got a like a unique home court. Because you and, have to step up onto the court. Yeah, but in this in this building, like each school gets allotted a certain amount of tickets, and then everything else goes open to the public. There's no public saying, "I've got to go watch Vandy play." Like it's Kentucky fans, it's Tennessee fans, it's Alabama fans. Just That's so you, who it's going to be. Just so you know, Vanderbilt's home court in uh, Memorial Gymnasium mm-hmm. to Bridgestone Arena is two miles. miles. Yeah, it's a two mile. It's yeah. a two mile walk. <laughs> to get to from, but it's three, but it's three feet higher at Vanderbilt, the court at Vanderbilt, <laughs> yes. than Bridgestone. Arena. It's, like it's more the verticality that I'm worried about <laughs> yeah. than the, than the horizontal I, difference. Listen, I don't know. I just watched um, Kentucky play their final game of the regular season against Arkansas at Arkansas, where the Razorbacks were favored. This was a system play, and Kentucky didn't have any point guards, and they still dominated that game. And Shibuya was in foul trouble the whole game. And he was still a physically imposing presence. Mm-hmm. I know that guard play usually wins in, in tournaments and stuff like that. I think Kentucky might be the way to look here in this in this SEC conference tournament. My issue is I don't know what's going on with Case and Wallace. Uh, you, you mentioned Severe Wheeler hasn't been playing. C.J. Frederick, he he played against Arkansas. He was the, it was his first game back. But I if. Kaysen Wallace isn't on the floor for Kentucky. I don't trust him anywhere. Like I've talked before I, a couple weeks ago when we did the uh, the Blue Bloods who were struggling. I said the biggest issue with this Kentucky team is is they don't have one and done talent like they've had. The one exception to that rule, the one guy on this team who's a high first round pick, a lottery pick, is Kaysen Wallace. He was out against Arkansas. They asked Calipari when he's when he's expected back. Calipari said. I have no idea. <laughs> that does not make me feel good about laying a future down on Kentucky. If I knew he was playing, I, I would say Kentucky wins the SEC tournament. What's the line, Kentucky-Alabama? Uh, Probably Alabama. Five? Three no, and a half? I think Alabama two and a half. Two and a half, that's small. So okay. when they played during right. the regular season, Alabama at home against Kentucky was a five-point favorite. Mm-hmm. And Alabama... They did not go to Kentucky this year. They only played Kentucky one time. So two and a half sounds right to me. Uh, yeah, and remember, Alabama trending down of late, yeah. mm-hmm. Kentucky trending up of late. Uh, so. But Alabama is playing for a one seed. Yeah, that's true. So they win this tournament there on the one And line. Kentucky no longer in desperation mode. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple weeks ago it felt like Kentucky might be coming into this tournament having to win it to yes. go to the tournament. That's not the case. Kentucky safely in the tournament. Yeah, they're uh, probably they're, a six they're seed. A, they're a six seed right now, according to Lenardi. Yeah, and so, with, a, with an arrow pointing up, which means they could even be a five seed. Yeah, everyone wants to play Tennessee, right? That's the team you want to play. Yeah, Tennessee lost their point guard. Uh, it, it, he is, like Tennessee is suddenly without offense. Zakai Ziegler is the most important guy to what they do on offense. What it what it also does is it makes Santiago Vescovi, who's their best shooter, it puts him on the ball. So it takes away a team that's already struggling offensively constantly. It it throws a wrench into their offense even further. They, be, they they're a bad offensive team at this point. Elite defensively, 
but it's it's hard to back them right now. I, I think you are kind of looking to get in in that game with Tennessee, which is why Missouri. I, I'm not in love with this Missouri team, but Missouri's path to to you know to to make it through this thing is not bad. They play Tennessee because uh, they've they've got a double bye. So Missouri's the four seed. They've got a double bye. Let's assume they play Tennessee. Better case, they play South Carolina or Ole Miss. But let's say Tennessee, and then they would likely play Alabama who, again, is down right now, uh, and that's your path to the championship game. It's not a bad path for a team that, that's being valued at 25-1. to 1. Let's go to the American, where Houston is a minus 300 favorite. Let's make Ugh. it quick. Is anybody other than Houston winning this tournament? Houston is playing for uh, a chance at the number one overall seed in this entire Field of 68. So here is the problem if you're looking to play anyone other than Houston. Memphis is the team that plays Houston tough. Like every like Memphis covers every game against Houston. Mm-hmm. If they play in this tournament, you probably want to bet Memphis with the points. They tend to lose, but they've they've played Houston tougher than anyone. The team that Memphis struggles the most with in this conference is Tulane. Matchup kryptonite. That's the two and the three seed, Memphis and Tulane. Is Tulane playing terrible, though, right now? Uh, they've played terrible Versus, of late, yeah. but a, a lot of that is who they've had to play lately. Mm. Uh, w- but when they've played Memphis, they have shut Memphis down. The problem is when Tulane plays Houston, Tulane has nothing for Houston. Mm. Houston wins by 40 every time they play. So you're either saying, okay, well, Memphis can win because they can, they can beat they could, they could beat Houston. Mm-hmm. Problem is they have to beat Tulane first, and they haven't proven they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, then let's look at Tulane. Tulane can't beat Houston. Mm-hmm. Minus three hundred. I'll go back to the word. There's no value betting the Cougs to win this thing, but I, I think it's almost a, f- a foregone conclusion that they do. All right. We go to the Big Twelve, where Kansas is the favorite at plus two seventy five, which wasn't the case two days ago. By the way, Texas when this opened, Texas was the favorite. Texas is plus 330, Baylor plus 475. Here's what's interesting. It's kind of the same thing as the Pac-12 uh, situation with UCLA trying to win it here in Vegas and then earning earning an opportunity to then be in the West region and then have your Sweet 16 and um, Elite 8 games here in Vegas. It's the same situation for a team like Kansas. The Big 12 tournament is in Kansas City. That is also the location of the Midwest region where Kansas right now is projected to be the one seed in the Midwest region. So this, if Kansas can get through this big 12 tournament and win it, they would almost lock themselves into being the one seed in the Midwest. The something you need to know when you go to bet this tournament, going back to 2005, four teams have won the big 12 tournament. Four different programs. One of them is Missouri, who's no longer in the Big 12. They won two times. Texas won once in 2021. Every other Big 12 tournament since 2005 has been won by Kansas or Iowa State. And it's been four for Iowa State and 11 for Kansas. How far away is Iowa State from this venue? Um, They travel? Uh-huh. No, it's it's almost. I mean, it's it's Kansas fans. Three hours and thirty minutes. It's mm. it's Kansas fan. Like it's th- this is the one. Like I say, if they say okay, 
eighty percent of the t- of the tickets go to each school, divvied up mm-hmm. equally, and the rest are open. They're all Kansas fans. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a handful. Like the the teams that have bigger fan bases, Texas will have a few extra fans. Oklahoma, what may they actually they may not have a few extra fans this year. Uh, and Kansas State will have a few extra, but for the most part, it's Kansas fans. Allen Fieldhouse to the T-Mobile Center, 44 minutes. Walking or driving? Driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, uh, it's not like Nat, it's not like Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This is uh, so from for the Kansas fans, it's a 44-minute drive. Yeah. So Kansas things are things are set up well for them. Uh, I think Kansas is probably the best team in the country right now. Uh, I I know they just lost to Texas. I think. It made sense. They had finished. They locked up the one seed. They'd won the Big 12 Conference outright. What are we better playing than, for be- here? Better than Houston, then. Yeah, I think Max, if both if, if they played in the championship game, I'd probably be looking to back Kansas. Just think about this, though. I mean, when it comes down to Oh, that's the one team that's close. UCLA three? Yeah, I'd lay three with, with Kansas. No, but UCLA would be the third best team? Oh. Uh, Houston second, Kansas one? Yeah, I think UCLA three. I mean, no, I hate to say look, it. Look, Kansas has a huge advantage here. If they can get, if, if they're in, if they're the one seed in the Midwest, how do you not bet them to go to the Final Four? They're going to be playing two home games. How are this. they not? How are they not going to be the one seed regardless? I mean, who else could it be? Well, well, if they aren't the number one overall seed, uh, I could see Houston saying we're going to play our games in Kansas City. I see. Uh, because okay. it goes in order. It goes it, the, 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 your. Your best geographical advantage goes to the higher seeding. So Houston's choices are Kansas City, and if they don't get Kansas City, where are they going? Uh, either Vegas or well, uh, Louisville, Louisville or New York. Yeah, it's not New York. Okay, so Kansas City is the easiest. It'd be, it'd be the easiest for okay. their fans to get to. Fair enough. Yes, but can I mean, as it stands right now, Kansas has like a bajillion quad one wins. Like, I think Kansas, Kansas would have to... Uh, Lenardi has Kansas as the number one overall. I think Kansas would have to have a disastrous Big 12 tournament, which means... Like, so if they win, once they win one game, they're pretty much going to be locked As up. long as they don't lose to West Virginia or Texas Tech, mm-hmm. I think they're probably the number one overall seed. Yeah, think, think about their wins here. So they're going to pick up more of these quad one wins as they go through this... Every, everybody win. in the Big 12 on a neutral yeah. is a quad one win. Yeah. So by winning the Big 12 tournament, they're going to be the number one overall seed. Oh, if they win the Big 12, it's not even a question. Yeah. There's no debate. Which means they'll I'm be, saying if they, means they'll be if, in if Kansas they lose, City. If they lose, if they go one and one, I think they're going to be right there in Kansas City. I think so, too. Yeah. If they get to the championship game, they're the number one overall seed. Plus, if I'm the committee, I want to sell tickets. It's sure. like all things being equal, I'll find, I'll find a way to make Houston go to Louisville. What do they care? You know, yeah, I, I'm with Start you. the money line rollover right now. Kansas, we got one, one win, two wins, three wins. And then in the NCAA tournament, it's what? How many wins does it take to win the whole thing? Six. Six. That'll be uh, what? Ten stra- uh, nine straight wins. Nine straight wins. Let's do it. But they don't have to win these three to win the the other six. But we're starting it now. We're starting. It now. I think they could lose. I I, I mean I, I, but they were just home against someone that's not very good, and they could have lost that game. Yeah. You right. I mean, who are they playing? Uh, Texas Tech. Yeah. And and they won by what? Four or something? Yeah. There was it was close, close late. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's not a team that there's is, and this is one time I'll agree with Fez. Like when you look at these these numbers, you see Kansas two seventy five, Texas three thirty, Baylor four seventy five. Well, West Virginia team could easily beat Kansas. That sure. could happen. West yeah. Virginia. There's just not a lot of teams that jump out as like, oh, that's a really good deal. There's a lot of people. A, a lot of people love TCU right now uh, because, because they got seen, their guy back. Yeah, TCU's upside is probably top ten ish in the country. Mm. Uh, but like, does TCU plus seven fifty feel like you're getting some kind of great deal? 
I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't seem that way to me, uh, especially given that they've got to play an extra game. Kansas and TCU or Kansas and, and Texas, remember, they only have to win three games to win the whole tournament. You know, it's uh, I, I just I I don't I can't get there is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. One final conference. Let's do the Mountain West. San Diego State is your favorite at plus one fifty. Boise State plus three forty. Utah State plus three. 80 right now. Yeah, Utah State and Nevada are two teams that need to win games in this tournament, I think. Nevada, it seemed like they were going to waltz into the tournament, and then they lost to Wyoming, who has eight wins all season. And it was like, okay, let's relax. All we got to do is beat UNLV at home. Or our tribal. And Nevada hasn't lost a home game all year, so it's oh, easy peasy. I, played, no. I laid minus 400. Yeah, they lost to UNLV. Now I think they've got to make something happen in this tournament uh, to secure themselves a spot. They don't have to. They don't have to win the tournament, but they have to at least. Who's this now? That has to get uh, uh, Nevada. Yeah, right now they're not in. Oh, um, well, actually, yeah, Nevada would be one of the last four in, according to Lenardi. Which and actually going to be out if they don't win. Same thing with Utah State. He's got Utah State as one of the last four in also. Yeah, and listen, Nevada's first-round matchup or the quarterfinal matchup because they uh, the one, two, and three seeds have buys. Four and five is already set. So the, the play-ins are going to the one, two, and three. Nevada's going to play San Jose State. Utah State is very, very likely to play New Mexico because uh, Wyoming's terrible. San Jose State is dangerous. New Mexico is dangerous. These are not gimme games for either one of those schools. Uh, I, I'm not saying you should back them just because they're desperate. I'm saying that there's going to be money that says they've got to win to, to get in the tournament. There's going to be money saying, I want to bet on that team. I don't know that I, I want to bet on those teams. Uh, San Diego State is, to me, the, the team to beat in this thing. Uh, there's a reason why they're plus 150. The, the rollover will probably get you more depending on how the rest of the bracket shapes out. Uh, New Mexico feels like there's value because I saw New Mexico six weeks ago playing at an elite level. The last – I shouldn't say six weeks. Yeah, I guess it's been about six weeks. Last six weeks it hasn't been that. Uh, part of that was they had an injury to House. That, that hurt them. But they've got two guys, guards in House and Mashburn, who can take over games – and they've beat San Diego State already this year. Like they've they've proven that they can play with these big teams. They travel very well. They, they like coming to Vegas. They do. Uh, but take over the South Point is the yeah. Uh, that's that's the their home casino. Mm-hmm. But they're one of the teams that would have to play an extra game because they have to play Wyoming. So you're you're talking about a team having to win four mm-hmm. games, uh, and at ten to one. I just don't know that it's there. Like again, this go back. house kid is good. Oh, he's something. Jamal Mashburn. He's they, like they've got the dudes. It's just, and they've got a great coach. It feels like, but something's gone wrong with this. And a lot of it's depth. I think when you play in these in these cities, and and their home city is one of them. When you almost every city you go to in the Mountain West is an altitude trip. You gas out if you don't have depth, and, mm. and New Mexico does not have depth. I think that's that hurts them. Well, Fez, we appreciate you hanging with us, talking some college hoops as uh, conference tourneys. The big ones get underway. And thank you for the education when it comes to loading up the max bets and getting ready to push send, 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 send every time the basket goes Tell in. me how that goes. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> want to know. Yes. 
The quarterback market in the NFL is on the move, AJ, as we have uh, two definitive moves and one that might be resolved shortly. As in, as in today. Yeah, here's what we do know. Uh, Geno Smith and the Seahawks agreed to a three-year, $105 million deal that is heavily front-loaded. He's going to make $52 million in year one. What does that say to you? It says that they wanted to keep Geno happy, but they also don't know that they want to keep him for all three years. Geno said Geno probably knows that. He said, "Okay, well let's let's make this deal where I get paid handsomely up front, and it's a little bit more than what the franchise tag would pay him for yeah. this one year, but also gives him some sense of security for the next two years." Yeah, and I don't know that I'm in love with this deal for the Seahawks. Like, it doesn't feel like. Uh, I mean, do we think that? The Seahawks are going to the playoffs with Geno Smith this year, or like you're going to pay a quarterback fifty million dollars, and I don't feel like they've they're a playoff team. So uh, I have a hard time with this one, especially considering the money that he got isn't vastly different than the money Derek Carr just got. Mm-hmm. And if you could get Derek Carr for one number and Geno Smith for almost the same number, yeah. I want that Derek Carr every time. Yeah, Derek Carr uh, reaches an agreement with the New Orleans Saints four-year deal. It could be worth up to $150 million, up to $100 million in guarantees. He's going to get 60 mil fully guaranteed at signing and another $10 million once he starts year three of the deal. Yeah, and this is a weird situation for Derek Carr because this is, for the first time in, probably in his career, he's going to have a team that's better defensively than offensively. Mm. Like, there's not a ton of great weapons built in in New Orleans. He's got young receivers. Young receivers, and maybe they work out, maybe they don't. But the defense feels very solid, and it it feels like they've got some good defensive pieces in place. Uh, And this is, I'd argue, going into next season, this is the most talented roster in the NFC South. They added Derek Carr. Like I, I think there's real reason for optimism for the Saints. Like, well, we, think- we made we joked that whoever signs Derek Carr in the NFC South is now mm-hmm. the favorite. Yeah, I, the Saints are certainly going to be the favorites to win the NFC South, barring like Aaron Rodgers to the Bucks or the the Panthers or something crazy. Well, a hundred percent. And the market has moved on it. The Saints are the favorite to win the NFC South at plus one forty. Panthers are plus two forty. Bucks plus three ninety. Falcons plus four twenty five. Yeah, the Saints are the deserving favorites right now. In the NFC South. Now that Derek Carr is off the market, what do you think happens with, you know, a team like the Panthers, a team like the Jets? Because those were teams that were certainly in on Derek Carr. Yeah, it's sort of a musical chairs thing. Somebody is going to be bummed out uh, because Aaron Rodgers presumably is still out there. If he's not, that's one less chair. Let's let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And if he is like if he is gone, like maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe the Packers say we better get Jimmy Garoppolo for insurance or whatever. Like it, it becomes more complicated. But it feels like suddenly these two teams, or the, the Jets and the Panthers, seem like the most uh, like the two most glaring examples of teams that are in the market. Although I'd argue Atlanta is, I, I would assume Tampa is like. Mm-hmm. They, suddenly they're like, damn it! That's one of the that's one of the clear top guys, if not the top guy. Aaron Rodgers is a big maybe. I if, think Aaron, if, I think the Jets they they 
they had real interest in Derek Carr, but Aaron Rodgers is the top target. Well, think about this. You don't hire Nathaniel Hackett without the goal of bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Let's think about this for a second, though. No one knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. If, let's just say, the, and I think this is a small likelihood, but let's say Aaron Rodgers decides, you know what, I'm going to stay in Green Bay. Now, like, what's the what's the plan now for the Jets? What's the plan it's for Jim, the Panthers? Jim, the pan, pl- plan for the Jets is Jimmy Garoppolo. <sighs> that, but that then again, Jimmy Garoppolo could sign with Josh McDaniels and go to the Raiders. Yeah, like, there's going to be some teams who thought they were going to get an offseason quarterback who just aren't. Like, if the Panthers thought they were for sure going to upgrade, they might not. The Jets thought they were for sure going to upgrade, they might not. Like, there's a lot of teams out there that that were certain they were going to get a guy going into this season, and they just might not. The Jets' options, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, if it's not uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if it's not Ryan Tannehill, who, who is probably going to be back in Tennessee— um, Which is insane, by the way. There's a guy I, with the number one cap hit last season, yeah. top five cap hit this coming season. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. It, like, they may try to move on from Derrick Henry to keep Ryan Tannehill. Why? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But the Jets, I mean, Mike White's going to be a free agent. Do, do, do the Jets J- are in bad shape do, if they can't land the, Aaron Rodgers. Or, do, do the Jets go and get, you know, Jacoby Brissett or Andy Dalton or one of these guys? Carson Wentz, like you know, it's oh, none of those sound no, great. No, they're all gross. Yeah, I, I mean, Jacoby Brissett might. I, I don't know. Jacoby Brissett made the Browns competitive, like, and the Jets have a better roster right now than the Browns do. But it certainly takes away like the ceiling. Like you could see with Derek Carr or with Aaron Rodgers making like a real playoff push, maybe even like you know winning a, a game or two in the playoffs. You go down to Jacoby Brissett range, and it's like, I mean, what are they gonna win nine games? All right, let me let me let me give you a a possibility here. Maybe it's not the best option, but it's a possibility. What if I told you, this is a 30 for 30 now. What if I told you that the Jets signed someone like Jacoby Brissett and or Andy Dalton. So they got a veteran in place that can be their starter if that's what they choose to do. The Jets have the 13th overall pick in this draft. What if they spend it on a quarterback? I mean, if you have the 13th pick, you're, you're going to have to move up if you want a quarterback, I think, to be honest. I, I think all four quarterbacks likely go in the top 10. Um, okay, well, what if they maneuver themselves to get the ninth pick and they can draft whether it's Will Levis or, or Anthony Richardson? The problem is, if you're in that ninth spot, you're drafting a quarterback, likely one of those two guys, mm-hmm. that probably aren't ready to play this year. Well, that's why you have a Jacoby Brissett or an Andy Dalton. I wouldn't hate that. I'm saying if I'm Joe Douglas and I don't get Aaron Rodgers, then this is my plan. My plan is I'm going to sign a veteran like Dalton or Brissett that can start, and I'm totally fine starting them, and I'm using my assets in the draft to move up into the top 10 to take – because you're not going to get C.J. Stroud. You're not going to get Bryce Young. Uh, you're going to get either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And that that's my goal. I mean, it, you could it, you could conceivably move up into that top spot if you're willing to give up enough future assets. And the way the Jets are currently constructed, 
Like, do you? Re- I mean, they just how much do you? They, how much do you value future draft picks? The, the Jets just used their draft picks, you know, incredibly well in in this past draft by getting four players that contributed right away. I mean, heck, they had the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, right? And the the original offensive rookie of the year, but that, you would that got hurt. You would agree the Jets' mindset has shifted from we're building for the future to this we're ready to win now. now. Yes, their our window, window begins. Mm-hmm. So, in your mind. The Jets' draft picks next year mm-hmm. are much less valuable than the thirteenth. Like, sure. So if I'm the Jets, if I the would... Jets are picking in the top thirteen next year, yeah, something went terribly yeah. wrong. So then, if what, what if you trade, you, you do a swap of picks this year, so you get the thirteen mm-hmm. and give up your first round pick in 2024. I I think that'd be ideal. The likelihood is though, you're going to have to give more than that because I think teams like the Colts are willing to make that same offer. We'll, we'll, and they've got a better pick this year. Yeah. Uh, so if you, but, but if you say, hey, but I'm, we'll, uh, if, if I'm the Jets, I, maybe I don't have to move up to the top three to take, you know, Stroud or Bryce Young. Like I said, maybe it's just moving from 13 to, to, to six. Like yeah. get ahead of the Raiders. Okay. Raiders pick seven, right? So get ahead of the, uh, the Raiders and take a quarterback. Uh, that 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 might be the way to go for the Jets, but ultimately we'll see what they do here. Franchise tag deadline is later on today, and the biggest name that is going to be on the market or off the market is Lamar Jackson. The Ravens have said they're going to wait as long as they can until the 3.30 Eastern time deadline to try and get a deal done. I ultimately think that their only move here is to franchise Lamar and I think they have to use the non-exclusive tag and allow Lamar to negotiate a deal elsewhere. I think that's the best move for them. I, I mean, obviously, I think the best move for them would be to just get the deal done and get him signed long term. Oh, sure. And often, when teams say, when teams come out and say, "Hey, if we can't get this done by the deadline, we're just going to franchise him," suddenly the player's more open to. To, to working on a long-term deal because players don't like that franchise tag. They don't want to be in that situation. Uh, but Lamar is obviously a different cat. Like the idea that he's mm-hmm. gotten this far in the process, most players wouldn't be comfortable doing that. Uh, so I think it it, it is interesting uh, to see what he's going to do. I, now, I fully say that this is what they should do in terms of tagging him and not exclusive, but I believe that he's not going to be on the Ravens this year. You think they'd tag him and, and let someone else take him away or yes. tag him and trade him? I think they. they well, I think the reason for the non-exclusive tag is to allow a team to negotiate with them and, and hope then, that someone gives them an offer, and you go, yeah. "Yep, you got it," and then get we'll those take, draft picks. We'll take the draft picks, sure. Yeah. yeah. How about the Jets? Jets sign Lamar to a contract and say, "All right, here's your draft picks." And I, I've heard this scenario that you're talking about in regards to the Falcons multiple times. I think the Falcons are absolutely in play. Yeah, and he's a good fit for them. He's a great fit for them. So that team is a running team, and he would fit in very nicely. With the Atlanta Falcons, but then the question becomes, what do the what do the, the Ravens do? Because the Ravens have a roster that feels like is, I mean, it's not getting younger, uh, and it's built to win a certain way. Mm-hmm. You take away Lamar Jackson, I, I don't know how you win. And the Ravens are not a team who probably, historically probably signed Jacoby Brissett, maybe. But the Ravens have not been historically a team that are okay being or Tyler Huntley becomes losers. your starter. Oh, that, that mm-hmm. can't work. We've mm-hmm. seen it; it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean. It, yeah, it's probably Brissett or somebody else. Now remember, Todd Monken's the offensive coordinator there now. Yeah. So it, it's not 
Greg Roman. This this might be a completely different offensive system. That just I, I know he says all the right things when it comes to Lamar, but it just might not work out with Lamar. Yeah, it might not. How about this? By the way, sixth sixth rounder Stetson Bennett. Oh well, <laughs> I, I, no matter what, this is like this is going to be our our Vegas lead tomorrow. Uh, I can tell you that because yeah. whether he's franchised yeah. or they have a contract or he is an unre- – they can't let him become a free agent. That, that's so 0.0. The, the only thing that happens here is they, they come to a long-term deal or he is tagged with either the exclusive and he's going to be a Raven or the non-exclusive and he is allowed to negotiate with other teams. Well, I, I shouldn't say he's going to be a Raven because they could right. franchise tag him and then trade him and – but they're not trading him until that other team negotiates a deal anyway. So he's either long-term Raven or he's franchise tagged and he's going to negotiate with another team. That is what's going to happen later on today. 3.30 Eastern time, the deadline for teams to place the franchise tags on players. We already saw Tony Pollard get the franchise tag in Dallas. No surprise there. I said there's no way they're letting him walk away. And we had uh, Evan Ingram got the franchise tag from the Jaguars. Yeah, the guy who Trevor Lawrence started to rely on a little bit made some sense. Yeah, and speaking of the Jaguars, you know who got activated yesterday? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. You know what? Our boy Dan Beyer, uh, from the, the when we did Straight Out of Vegas on Fox, mm-hmm. Dan Beyer had a great joke on Twitter where he said, Calvin Ridley's jersey number for the Jag is going to be plus 145. <laughs> like, oh, that's so good. That was So, Dan, I don't know if you listened, but God, God bless you for that one. That was a great joke. That's, that's, fun. that's fun. Yeah, so it's going to be an exciting day in the NFL today. So buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a ride. Yesterday in the NBA, stop me if you've heard this before, Scott, Celtics lose in overtime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 40 points, 11 rebounds in a 118-114 win over the Celtics. Jalen Brown, 32-13 and 9 assists, so nearly a triple-double in the loss. Uh, But this is the second straight overtime loss for the Celtics. Sixers get a road win, 147-143 at Indiana. The Blazers, 110-104 at Detroit. Dame, 31 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. Ooh, that might have been under. I think it was under the points, mm-hmm. but the 13 boards, 12 assists. I That's bet his uh, triple double. Yeah, it was his a, PRA. It was a it was a good night. <laughs> uh, Miami Heat 130, Hawks 128, the Nugs 118, 113 winners, just shy of a, a triple double. Uh, Jokic 17 points, 13 boards, nine assists, and the Pelicans. Go out to Sacramento and get the business. Kings win 123-108. to Speaking of triple-doubles, did you see that the NBA rescinded Giannis's triple-double? I did see that. For that fake rebound. Yeah, I don't like that. They said you got to try to make the shot. Yes. I'm for that. I'm for it, too. He'll have another chance tonight as the Bucs seven-point favorites at Orlando. The Pistons, second half of a back-to-back uh, they are hosting the Wizards. Wizards laying six there. The Knicks, your Knicks. Nine straight wins, bro. Well, you probably make it ten. They are ten-point favorites hosting the Hornets. Now this will be the one they lose. Oh, that'd be embarrassing. Uh, Sixers minus one and a half at Minnesota. The Nets minus seven at Houston. Oh, boy. Golden State road favorites? At OKC, Golden State minus four. Well, Curry's back now, so maybe it changes things. Well, maybe. Uh, Mavericks minus six and a half, hosting the Jazz. 
and the Jawless Grizzlies, two-point dogs at the LeBronless Lakers. Lakers minus two, hosting the Grizz. Can't wait to see what Jaron Jackson Jr. does to Anthony Davis. On the ice last night, you know, sometimes uh, the data just doesn't come to fruition. It happens. I mean, this is called variance, right? You can handicap a game and all the data points to uh, one side and then, you know, something else happens. For example, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are one of the lowest scoring teams in the NHL, like I don't just say that facetiously, statistically, 32nd in goals per 60. There's only 32 teams. Yeah. 31st in expected goals scored. 31st in expected goals per 60. 32nd in goals scored. Like, they are bad. And, uh, yeah, only scoring six goals in the last four games combined. Well, they exploded for five goals against the Senators last night, beating the Senators 5-0 despite the Senators outshooting them 35 to about 20. Uh, and what was crazy was at one point in this game, you know, I tweeted out last night, like, it it, it was wild. Um, Ottawa had outshot Chicago 31-15. <laughs> And Chicago had a 5 nothing lead. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but shortly before the game, Cam Talbot was scratched. He was supposed to start in net. So it wound up being Mads Sogard, and he did not have a good night. Uh, I guess, you know, if you wake up that morning and you don't anticipate playing, maybe the night before you, you, you know. You're saying he got wasted? I don't know. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying the guy let in five goals in the first 15 shots he faced. It was pathetic against the Chicago Blackhawks of all teams. Anyway, uh, the big story, though, of the night was the Oilers beat the Sabres 3-2. to Connor McDavid set a career high in points with his 124th point. In one game? That's incredible. <laughs> Will Chamberlain only got 100. Um, yeah, he uh, has 54 goals now, 124 points on the season. He is a likely runaway candidate for the Hart Trophy. That'll be his third MVP in eight seasons. It was his 12th multi-goal game of the season, and his uh, 124 points in 65 games, one more than the career-high points that he set last year in 80 games. Damn. So he is on just such a tear right now. Uh, the Oilers uh, pick up the win 3-2 against Buffalo. Sharks in overtime defeated the Jets. This is after San Jose scored with 11 seconds left in regulation to tie the game. So how about that? If you had Jets to win in regulation, you give up a goal with 11 seconds left, and then you lose the game in overtime. Oh, how fun. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, wonder who that would be. Uh, the Flames beat the uh, Stars. Some, ass, the some asshole. The Kings with a 4-2 win over the Capitals. And the Canucks in overtime, or in a shootout, excuse me, a 4-3 win over the Predators. Here's what's going on on a big schedule tonight. The Golden Knights are in Florida to take on the Panthers, and Panthers minus 140, total 6.5. Hurricanes are at the Canadiens. Carolina, minus 320. I still maintain that the Hurricanes are probably the second-best team in all of hockey right now behind the Boston Bruins. Carolina has won seven of their last 10 games. Uh, elsewhere, the Maple Leafs at the Devils. New Jersey, minus 135. The Blue Jackets at the Penguins. Pittsburgh, minus 320. Here's an interesting line. Tampa Bay, the Lightning are broken right now. Tampa has lost 
five straight games. They're two, five, and three in their last 10 games. Two games ago, John Cooper benched his three-star players for the third period. Nikita Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point all got benched. The next day, the team followed up that lackluster performance against the Sabres by getting defeated 6-0 to the Hurricanes. In that game, they had four shots through the first two periods. Now, that Lightning team is a minus 305 favorite at home Mm. against the Flyers. That doesn't seem right. Uh, I, man, I don't, how could anyone in their right mind lay 305 with the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? And they might win. They might win 7-0. Who knows? This might be the bounce back for them. It's got to happen eventually. Or, but, I mean, but minus 305? I ain't touching that with your money. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Sabres are at the Islanders. New York minus 165. Flames at the Wild. Minnesota minus 140. Blues at the Coyotes. Mullet Arena. St. Louis minus 135. Sharks at the Avalanche. Colorado minus 335. And the Ducks at the Kraken. Seattle minus 305. So we got some big favorites on the board tonight. Head on over to pregame.com. Get yourself 20% off anything that you would like to purchase, whether it be a daily best bet, a season-long subscription. There's so much to get at pregame.com, and you can take 20% off. Two promo codes live for you to use. If you haven't used them, use them now. Bacon 2020 or Eggs 20. Either one of them is going to get you 20% off. Use it now before you lose it. 20% off pregame.com. If you're not a pregame.com member, well, what are you waiting for? Sign up now. Just takes a couple of seconds, and you get a free $25 just for signing up. And you can use that on – that's a free best bet. You get a a three-star play for free. Go to pregame.com, take advantage of it now, and by becoming a member, you open yourself up to all the coupons that we give out on every single podcast there's no reason to pay full price no because silly if, if you do if you on. just listen to the podcasts you will get at least 20 percent off every day literally just listen and support the podcasts and that's our gift to you for you listening to us for and hopefully telling a friend yeah absolutely you gotta do that and tell them to like like and follow yeah, yeah. on whatever app they're on and maybe leave a review and say something positive nice. review yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that'll be cool uh, for AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Steinberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Hey, yeah.